Welcome to a podcast from Hope Church Glasgow. For more about us, check out hopechurchglasgow.org. Hi, and welcome to the podcast, uh, Pandemic Perspectives. I think this is going to be the final one of this series. Um, and I'm going to try and tie a whole load of stuff together, and hopefully it will make sense in the end. Um, thanks if you've managed to stay on track through uh, the previous three and are still listening in today, whether you're driving, walking, running, jogging, um, in the bath. It's just great to be able to do a podcast like this. Uh, I, my jumping off scripture today is in, in Matthew 10, 16, where Jesus, we referred to the commissioning of the first apostles last time in Matthew 10 and Luke 9. And he says that in Matthew 10, 16, I'm sending you out as sheep amongst wolves. I mean, that is possibly one of the least encouraging phrases in, in the commissioning that you come across. He's, he's facing, helping them face the reality. They're going out as sheep amongst wolves. So he says, therefore, be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And I think we've perhaps been more fantastic at being it doing the innocent as doves part and less understanding as wise as as being as wise as serpents. A wise as serpents sounds a bit uh, like we shouldn't go there, like that's off limits. And yet Jesus is saying, because of the environment I'm sending you into, um, I, I, I you you need to embrace this. And and it's a direct reference. Actually, it's a direct reference to to the Garden of Eden and the serpent who was seen as wiser than all the other creatures or more cunning, uh, depending on the translation you use. And of course, he actually brilliantly deceived Adam and Eve. And Satan has been successful in manipulating men and women and deluding them about God ever since. Um, to the point really you know after the cross and the resurrection satan is a defeated foe he is um he was defeated by jesus uh, jesus uh, defeated him who had the power of death that is satan he, he's many scriptures you can point to talked about how he's how he's been defeated and yet he continues to have massive influence and he has massive influence because of this ability to manipulate men and women into a place of fear and fear is like the opposite of faith in the sense of fear empowers the disempowered devil if you start to believe him you start to empower him even though he has no power in and of himself we empower him in our lives in our societies etc etc and and so what we need to be good at is taking all that we have and all that we know and and bringing wisdom to bear that means that we are influencing men and women for god and it, i think it's in property it is in proverbs he who wins souls is wise um and i think that that we have something uh, to explore here in the realm of wisdom and if you look at some of the big changes that have happened in our society the lgbt plus uh, that whole thing there's there's not a there's not a political party a uh, single political party called that but they have been successful now over many years of, of of pushing their agenda so that they get political parties to pass their laws 
Um, and I think believers have been better at telling everybody what's wrong and right rather than learning how to bring wise influence. The the 19th century uh, societal reformers who were mostly Christian uh, had this phrase, it's they wanted to make goodness fashionable and, and maybe we need to rediscover how to do that again. Um, I love the scripture in Zechariah 1. I'm going to read to you. Zechariah 1 verse 18 says, I lifted my eyes and I saw and behold four horns. Again, very prophetic picture. And I said to the angel who talked with me, what are these? And he said to me, these are the horns that have scattered Judah, Israel and Jerusalem. So horns represent authority figures or kings. And then the Lord showed me verse 24 craftsmen. And he's like, what? And I said, what are these coming to do? And he said, these are the horns that scattered Judah so that no one raised his head. And these have come to terrify them, to cast down the horns of the nations who lifted up their horns against the land of Judah to scatter it. It just like cut through the prophetic imagery here. What's he saying? He's saying, well, here's those that are opposing the purposes of God, the church, uh, and have had some success. God is raising up craftsmen you, you, you know you, you almost like say hey god what about great generals what about great great you know great armies to defeat these armies that are coming against the lord and, and, and against his purpose surely you should be raising up these great warriors and yet he says well no i'm bringing out the craftsmen and 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 the outcome of the activity of the craftsmen is that they terrify those that have come and scattered uh, the people of God. I actually think that, that, that the enemy is terrified of us getting wise. I actually think that the craftsmen represent a res restoration of the master builder in the church. So Paul says uh, in 1 Corinthians that he as an apostle was had laid a foundation and others were building on it and that he was a master builder it's got real echoes here to these craftsmen if we need anything right now we need to see the master builders we need to see the apostolic figures who carry wisdom being raised up and i think the enemy is scared he wants to discredit he wants to make us nervous and yet this is something i believe god is doing in this generation so wisdom we need wisdom we need craftsmen we, we need to be wise as serpents where does wisdom come from uh, where do we access this wisdom now of course we know in james 1 that if we ask the lord he gives us wisdom but but i think there's a journey of wisdom as well you read the, the book of proverbs um, is packed with insights and both proverbs and psalms tell us that it's the fear of the lord that is the beginning of wisdom so as we press in and maybe we take those james 1 verses and we pray god give me wisdom what are we asking for well we're asking first for an increase in the fear of the lord in our life because from that place flows wisdom and and i really sense that that fear of the lord is something we need to wrestle with right now it's not being afraid of god it's more about awe and wonder at his splendor his dynamic power he's 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 absolute majesty he's he's supreme rulership he's 
awesome benevolence, his display of wonder, those things produce awe, which is the fear of the Lord. And I feel like we are in a season where we're going to have encounters that produce more of that. You can't have those encounters without already having understood that we're sons and daughters, without having already come into a place that we know the Father. So the Father, the good Father revelation is so important, a foundation for us. But he wants to wow us with his wonder. He wants to wow us with awe but not in such a way that puts us back into a wrong kind of trembling fear of punishment. And so the foundation of knowing we're loved, knowing we're accepted, knowing we're received, knowing that Jesus took the punishment is so important for us then to step into wonder and awe. And in that place flows wisdom to the church, to the believer, to the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. And and I really do sense that that we're in into a season where encounters with the Lord are going to produce more and more awe and fear of the Lord. I find I keep going back to this scripture to the first book, first excuse me, the first chapter of Revelation, Revelation one, with the Apostle John. If you think about it, the Apostle has uh, seen Jesus, walked with Jesus in the flesh for three and a half years. He was the one, one of the ones that was on the Mount of Transfiguration. So he saw the Lord transfigured before him, shining bright white, Heard, saw the cloud come over, heard the voice of God. He's the one that at, at, the, at the final supper, he's there uh, and he's leaning on the chest of Jesus. He's, he's one of the ones who saw the resurrected Lord and, and, and saw the, the marks in his hands. He's he's there, even in this scripture, we hear that he's there and he's in the spirit on the Lord's day. He's not unfamiliar with Jesus in many forms. And yet, when he appears to him in this revelation, it says that he falls to the ground like a dead man. Um, I, I believe that... But many of us, we've had many encounters, we've encountered the Lord as in his kindness and his goodness. We've encountered the Lord as our father and our good father and let those get let that get to our bones. Let that be in our marrow. Let us, oh, let's be deeply persuaded of the strength of his father heart for us because it is a dad who heads up this kingdom that we're praying to come, that we're meaning to display. And yet... There's a measure of the wonder and awe of the fear of the Lord to come out of encounter. Um, where even someone like John falls like a dead man, literally means like his breath was taken away. Um, it looked like he was dead. He wasn't actually dead. But it was, it was significant. It was powerful. Even in all the context of his history with God, this was another level. And from that place flows great revelation and great or great wisdom. And I believe that's the season we're in. And then the next level, if or another aspect of, of the wisdom of God, or pardon me, the fear of God, is blessing. Psalm 67 7 says this, that God is going to bless us, that the ends of the earth is going to fear him. 
and, and you see this in the early church, such as the level of presence and signs and wonders and dealing with the errant people, uh, with Ananias and Sapphira, that it says that the people around feared to join them. Uh, you see it with the with the conversion of Peter, where he lands the catch of fish, he's sinking his boat and he falls on his knees before Jesus and says, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. You see it in Romans where it says the kindness of God leads to repentance. Blessing, the mighty blessing of God, the awesome blessing of God, the display of the wonder and goodness of God leads to awe, leads to fear of the Lord, leads to ultimately also therefore to repentance, to a change of heart and mind before him. Um, I think we need this right now. I think God is sending this kind of encounter, this kind of gear shift into awe and wonder, both that as believers we experience that more, but we display blessing to the earth in increasing measure so, so it fears the Lord, so it comes into a place of wonder at the goodness and the incredible goodness of God. So it's time to be wise as serpents. It's time to know how to bring influence. It's time to know how to bring influence without bringing law and rule and judgment, but bringing the wisdom of God that we're receiving in that place of encounter and that the church uh, enjoys afresh its fear of the Lord. And I think one of the ways that, that we can be wise is the way that we respond to government. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about this in pandemic and the different things that we've talked about on this podcast, but here's some things we're explicitly told to do in Scripture uh, for government. We're explicitly told to pray for our government. Um, I think I've prayed for government more than ever, realising the incredible pressures, agendas, um, and things that are at stake in the decisions that they have been making in in this season let's pray for our government and and that scripture where in 1 timothy where we're told to do this is in order that uh, we pray for them in order that what happens is there's an environment where the gospel uh, the gospel prospers and that's what we want and that's what people need so let's pray for our government and we're told to to honor them and to uh, submit to their to their authority really and do what they're asking us to do and i know that's can sound really difficult to do but it's not because we trust them uh, it's not in the scripture in, in Romans 13 or in 1 Peter 2 it's not because we trust it. it's because we trust God that we do what the government is asking us to do and uh, we there are exceptions to that and and I've found a few that we don't we, we don't submit to them if they're directing us to do acts of immorality. So an example would be uh, the killing of children at the time of when Moses was born. Uh, committing murder of children is not something you do, even if the government tells us to do it. Uh, and so they hid Moses. Uh, uh, we, don't, we don't do idolatry, so we don't worship idols. We don't worship anything other than our king the king of kings jesus uh, you see that with the early church where they were started to be asked to uh, acknowledge acknowledge caesar as lord and they would not acknowledge jesus as lord you see it with 
Daniel in the book of Daniel with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're asked to bow down to the statue of gold, and they refused to, and they got thrown in the fiery furnace and all that. And God delivered them. We do not bow down to idols. We don't worship idols, even if the government tells us to. And we don't stop preaching the gospel, even if those in authority tell us not to. You see that in Acts 4. Um, and we don't deny the faith. You see that in the, the experience of uh, believers in China. We're not denying our faith because someone tells us to. So those are the kind of exceptions. But the, the general rule is that we are here to pray for our government. And out of our trust for the Lord, we do the things they're asking us to do. And I think there's real wisdom in that. And I think if we pray well and exercise our authority in prayer well as a church, we can see the environment change for the gospel in, in our nation. Um, so as we bring this in to land, I've got some practical things, some practical conclusions, some practical things for us to do uh, in this time of pandemic. Uh, I think I've got, I managed to get eight. So here we go. Number one, don't believe everything that's in the media, the mainstream media or social media, and don't jump to its agenda. Don't jump to the next scary thing, the next important thing that they say is important. Take a breath. So number two is learn to be in the spirit like John was. Learn what it is to be taken up in the spirit, to be in relationship with Holy Spirit. And from that, to respond to heaven's agenda, which is really what John is doing in Revelation. He's seeing heaven's agenda. Jesus is showing him heaven's perspective. And, and we have the ability to do that as children of God. We have the ability to set our mind on the things that are above because we're seated there. Let's, let's beat with heaven's heartbeat, which is not full of fear. Number three. Commit to commit to seriously loving and honouring all believers. Uh, don't badmouth them, either in person in your church or on social media. Do not join in the the awful trolling and thing that goes on. And actually, believers are doing it. the The, the world will never know that we are His by our love for one another if we just join in with hurling abuse on social media. Let's stop it. Let's learn how to love one another with our words, uh, whether it's social media or otherwise. Stop bad-mouthing. Number four, ask the Lord how you can increase your influence for the kingdom in your setting, whatever it is, with your family, in your job. Even if you're having to still self-isolate, he's going to give you an opportunity to be an influence for the kingdom which is righteousness, it's peace and joy. The kingdom isn't words but power. He's going to give you a way to be an increasing influence for the kingdom. Number five, pray for the government. Pray for people in parliament. Pray for first ministers, for presidents and prime ministers and their cabinets. Pray for them. Pray for them to have wisdom and pray for the outcome be a great opportunity for the gospel in this time. Number six, Press on for and press in for miracles in your life and through your life. Do not give in to frustration. Do not give in to long-term even disappointment. We are called to be those that take take the take the miracle power of God to the people around us so that they can taste and see that God is good. Keep going. 
Do not give up. I know what it is to be deeply disappointed, but keep going because then we see the cancers healed and we're seeing cancers healed. Then we see, uh, we'll see the dead rise. I've seen the dead raised. Then we'll see uh, incredible miracles. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Number seven, expect blessing on your life. Expect so much blessing that it makes people fear God. That's Psalm 67, 7. Ask God to bless you and ask him to bless you more and receive it and ask him to bless others. That's number seven. And number eight, don't be scared. Let's not give in to fear of conspiracy, fear of pandemic. Let's know that we are people of faith. We are people loved by God. Our security comes primarily from him. And as we live in that place of increased peace, we will hear his voice with greater clarity. So uh, I'm just going to pray for us as we close this series. And I trust and I hope it's helped you uh, walk through uh, uh, the effects of this pandemic. Heavenly Father, thank you that uh, you have set your King Jesus on the throne. He is the king above all kings. There is no threat to his rulership. And you set him there as king over all things for the church. Right now, you're raising up your church to be a light, to be the light it's meant to be in, in, in this generation, in this time and in this season. And, and I believe everybody listening to, the, listening to this wants to be part of that glorious church, shining a light into the darkest places. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And uh, talk to you next time. Thank you for listening. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, or search Hope Church Glasgow on your favourite podcast player.